Are you ready to take your real estate investing business to the next level? Well, you're in the right place. This is the Real Estate Investing Morning Show. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. With your mentors, Wayne and Gabby. Hey, good morning, everyone. Good morning. Happy Monday. Happy Monday. Gabby? Yeah? You slept in this morning. I did. I was wide awake last night between the hours of 1.30 and 3.30 after only having six hours of sleep on the schedule. So I slept in. I wasn't uh, down for getting four hours of sleep and functioning for the entire day. <laughs> It's it's funny. Um, I'm sure the reason why you were wide awake was because of the fact that you were sitting there just counting hours. Like, okay, if I if I go to sleep right now, that means I'm gonna get two hours and forty five minutes. And uh, yeah, yeah, that was definitely part of it. And um, yeah, I kept dreaming about waking up and working out, but not giving myself enough time, and then having to start the show. Like I was having some weird dreams, and yeah. You were also stressing out a bit last night before you went to bed as well. Yeah, I had to brain dump into the calendar to make sure that I wasn't forgetting anything today. Yeah, that's what kept me up. I woke up and I was thinking about all the things, which is not normal for me. Normally, I can yeah. just go to bed and sleep and you're the one who's up in the middle of the night. Yeah. But yeah, I had uh, a lot on my mind. But then again, like it was kind of a busier day yesterday. Like it wasn't, we didn't really expect it to be a busy day. Yeah, it was Sunday. <laughs> um. Oh, and then I also had a major sleep in because uh, Everly had a sleepover at her friend's house on Saturday mm. night. And yeah, I passed out hard Saturday night at what, like 10, 30, 11? Yeah. And slept until 8.30 in the morning, which was crazy. So I'm sure that that also just screwed up my sleep schedule and stuff as well. Yeah, for sure. Wilson yeah. says here he had three nightmares last night. Maybe it was something to do with um, astrology. That's rough. Or, yeah. Yeah, I don't. I'm not. I don't claim to know much about <laughs> astrology or retrospects yeah. and stuff. I hope everyone else had a really good sleep. I slept like a kitten, but I I took a sleeping pill, <laughs> which you know. Yeah, why did you? Uh, because Sunday nights are scary for me. Sunday nights. Um, I normally I've got a pretty good grasp on keeping things compartmentalized, but Sunday <laughs> night. I, I I lose control of everything, and then suddenly things start flooding in. You know what? Ever since we had somebody break into our yard on a Sunday night, like a decade ago, yeah. you stopped sleeping on Sundays. That's 100% what happened. I need <laughs> I need to see a therapist. Yeah, you do. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And they just broke into our yard, not our house. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think that was literally when Sundays became a problem for you. I feel like I'm having a breakthrough moment right now. <laughs> I completely, I mean, I haven't thought, well, thanks for reminding me. I haven't thought about that in a very long time. Yeah. When you wake up and you see someone in your in your yard trying to get into your garage. Adrenaline. You know, adrenaline just starts pumping. And then just for the for weeks after that, I'd hear a cricket or, you know, a creak in the floor or something or the dog snoring and I'd jump up out of bed and yeah. I'd go check the backyard. and um, And then I started like, I started having dreams about, like, lots of dreams about it, 
And then I started freaking out. Um, I think I had a couple times where I hallucinated that someone was in the yard. Mm -hmm. Oh, it was bad. Really bad for a while there. Yeah. Um, anyways, ever since I haven't been able to sleep on Sundays. <laughs> Uh, I got really that good at it. literally almost was a decade ago. That must have been like, what, 2000? Yeah, 11. I'm 12. not kidding. I need therapy. <laughs> like, and it, like nothing traumatic happened. Nope. It was just like, it was just, you Stop know. sleeping. Yeah. You, you, you think that you're safe. And then <laughs> and then one night you actually go out and look out the, out the window and then there's someone just staring back at you. Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> Shit fucks with you. And, and now I can't sleep on Sundays anymore. Yeah. It is what it is though. It's okay. I took on the burden last <clears throat> night. Yeah. Well, the reason why you didn't, the reason why you're up at one thirty is because Everly was standing over top of me at one thirty. I just woke up and yeah, I took a sleeping pill. So I'm fucking tired. Like I'm out. And when you wake up and your kid's just standing over top of you like, daddy, it's the scariest shit in the world. Yeah. You didn't know what was going on. You're trying to figure out what time it is and why she's woken up twice in the middle of the night at one thirty at the same time. Mm. <laughs> I'm like Wayne, just go put her back to bed. <laughs> You're I like, oh know. yeah, I can do that. <laughs> and then I was just awake. Yeah, that was it for me. Yeah, but anyways, <laughs> <laughs> call Real in with your hate. dreams. Hey Wilson, what were your nightmares last night? Call in right now. <laughs> Please don't. I don't want to talk about nightmares. Why not? I don't know. Because I don't have them, and I don't want them. You don't have nightmares? No. I used to have like chronic nightmares as a kid. Same one. Have I talked about sleep paralysis on the show? <laughs> no, but we don't need to get into I'm it. I'm going to get into it. I'm going to get into it because <laughs> I, uh, speaking of um, struggling with things your whole life and and not solving it, um, I think I've talked about this on a social media post because it was a public service announcement. <laughs> but um, I, throughout my whole childhood and adulthood, I've always struggled with something that's, that's something that's called sleep paralysis. I didn't know it was a thing. I didn't know. It's just a couple of years ago. Yeah. It's just a couple of years ago. Somebody did a Facebook post and I'm like, wait a minute. That's, that's, yeah, that's me. And, um, I'm a victim when, when you're able to actually identify what it is, it's, 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 it's a lot easier to prevent it. But sleep paralysis is, um, if you Google it, it's this thing where, um, you have these terrible, terrible nightmares where you can't wake up. And um, if you look at all of the historical data and 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 stories about people who have had sleep paralysis uh, throughout their life, they all see a very similar image. being image. De and what it is, it's a black demon. And, and it varies a little bit, but basically what it is. Kind of like know, a shadow. A shadow, yeah. How do you know? Because you've sent me the article. Okay. <laughs> Um, so you'll be, you'll be, you'll think that you're awake, you're in your room, all of the, you know, your surroundings and your dream are, it's dark, you know, you're lying in bed, and then suddenly this being starts coming towards you very slowly from the doorway or from the closet. And they just start coming, coming, and then you know that you are awake. And so you're trying to, but you know, sorry, you know that you're sleeping. You're just trying to wake yourself up and you can't move. You're paralyzed. You can't say anything. You can't do anything. And you just like, you can, you know, start clenching. That's all you can do. And then they come closer and closer and closer. And it feels like fucking, it feels like a week. It, yeah. it just goes on forever. And you're like, wake the fuck up, wake the fuck up, wake the fuck up. And so as someone on the other side of somebody experiencing sleep paralysis, um, because they can't make any noises in their like dream, they're literally just like, 
<laughs> like just like make like struggling to make a sound but can't yeah so i know when to wake wayne up and when but also to be very careful about it <laughs> yeah it's it's fucked up it's yeah. really fucked up and it's um you know i can get more into details on how to prevent it and stuff like that and the and the, the, the science behind it because they've done a lot of research they can't figure out why some people have it. it's like 10 percent of people have it and why others don't um has to do with um your your body goes into a paralysis mode so that you don't act out your dreams. And for some people, it's when you are coming out of it, um, your body stays paralyzed for a short period of time, but your consciousness comes back. So your body is paralyzed because it still thinks you're sleeping, but your consciousness knows that you're, that you're sleeping. It's a really, and you're in this little weird limbo. And it's the weirdest thing because it only happens to me like five minutes after I fall asleep. So Gabby's still on her phone just scrolling and all of a sudden I wake up and I'm like screaming because I might I my paralysis finally went away and now I'm like ah because <laughs> I've been screaming for a week and then this weird like growl comes out because it just finally activates it's the weirdest shit ever yeah. um and I was surprised with how common it is like when that person did post about it yeah. to see how many people just within our circle experience it, it was yeah. wild it's like wow for the, my whole childhood I thought that's just what nightmares were <laughs> You know what I mean? So when when you think that's normal, you just like, okay, well, that really sucked. Yeah. One of these days, I'm going to have a fucking aneurysm because like you you try so hard to wake up, but you can't. Yeah. It's terrifying. Well, I've had like the nightmares where you're trying to scream and you can't like that's terrifying terrifying in Mm -hmm. itself, but definitely not like being paralyzed, not being able to move. That's just straight up horror film. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Wilson says uh, is is. Nightmare. Wife screaming that she saw a ghost and me turning to a mirror and seeing it chasing us. That was one. Wife screaming that she saw a ghost and me turning to a mirror and seeing it chase. That sounds very, it sounds like, I don't know. It sounds like lyrics to a song. You should write that down. <laughs> or it's like a poem. There's something there. There's a deep meaning there. Uh, Shane says, I don't have that many bad dreams. I do have a reoccurring dream that involves me flying through the air. I try to come down to the ground, but I can't do it. I try and try to get my feet to hit the ground. Then the dream just ends. I've had times where I have come close to the ground, but I wake up before hitting the ground. So weird. What does that mean? (laughs) Again, sounds like a really cool song. Um, new manuals experience sleep paralysis once scary as shit yeah uh here's here's the thing don't sleep on your back that's what i learned which is which is funny because that's like the most restful um position that you can be in to get like optimal sleep what they say is that gravity on your chest pulls you down it makes it puts pressure on your chest which gives you anxiety um it, it creates that fight or flight it just it, it's it's a chemical thing, basically that you, whatever whatever chemicals that are you know secreted or degraded or whatever. Um, Google these definitions, thank you. Whatever chemicals are supposed to come out for your paralysis, it gets fucked up because of the fact that it thinks that you're you're in trouble, so it puts you in fight or flight. It kind of wakes you up, but your paralysis is still there. Something or other. Google it. Anyways, yeah. um, real estate. Yeah, that's why we're here. You clicked right? on here for real estate, I believe. Um, Hey, uh, we haven't talked about this in a while, but we are, I should have said this right at the beginning. I'm going to say this right at the beginning every day for now on. Um, If you're listening, this is, this is live. It's a live show. 
uh, you are able to go and you can download an app called Podbean, P-O-D-B-E-A-N, and you can listen live every morning at 6 a.m., Monday to Friday, yeah. and you can ask your questions about sleep paralysis. I will, <laughs> I will analyze your dreams for free. And, and you can ask you astrology readings. <laughs> astrology. I'll tell you all about your horoscope. We should read horoscopes every day. Why aren't we reading our horoscopes? For every sign. That would be our show. Hmm. <laughs> uh, you can also call in and uh, ask questions about real estate investing. That's what I love. Yeah, on the side. That's kind of, let's spend yeah, a few minutes on that. A, yeah, we normally end the show about 30 <laughs> seconds talking about real estate. Um, but yeah, you can download the Podbean app, listen live, and um, you know we give away prizes every show. Today, we're going to give away a coffee on us. I know it's not that much, but it's a Starbucks coffee. It's a coffee. It's a coffee. Or Timmy's if you want. I, I know all of you have a coffee every day, so um, well, we're going to buy that coffee for you. Or tea. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever you fancy. Yeah. Um, okay. Rewind about 11 minutes. Um, <laughs> how do you find things to talk about for an hour every morning, Wayne? Well... <laughs> Okay, 15 minutes in, or only 45 to go. We got uh, this. Yesterday, uh, the reason why we were so busy was because uh, we got up. Um, we picked up Everly from her little sleepover. Gabby slept in till noon or whatever the hell it was. 8.30. <laughs> Felt like noon. Yeah. And uh, and then we had someone picking up appliances at our, at our flip. So um, the old appliances that were in the flip before are in really good condition. So we found, we put them up on Marketplace and... Mm -hmm. Sold them for some cash. May as well, right? Crushed um, my pinky. Uh, Gabby, um, crushed your pinky. Yeah. It really hurts. <laughs> sorry, continue. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry about your pinky that you hurt. Um, and then we went out for a nice little lunch, dinner, lunch slash dinner with the family. Yeah, early dinner. And after that, we had uh, a tenant prospect uh, driving in from White Court. Yeah. Um, so they dropped everything to, I told them we're in the city, dropped everything to drive two hours to come and see it. So that was uh, pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, and we were the only one they were coming for. So that sounds pretty promising, right? They look like uh, pretty nice people. Yeah, they were, they were very lovely. So I'm going to go through there. They filled out the applications right away. I'm going to go through those today. We haven't had many, um, applicants for this rental. Man, no. it sucks. Yeah. Filling it. Yeah. This is why we don't have, yeah, winter, fall, late fall, winter vacancies. It's just tough. The prospect pool of prospect tenants just drops dramatically. Mm -hmm. And for those of you that don't know, that's just because most leases end in the summer. Yeah. Right? Between May and July. And um, that's going to be the best time for you to have lots of people to choose from. Because no one's looking for a rental right now because their lease isn't up until June. Yeah. Um, Wilson asked, are you doing a year lease or a six-month lease to have it renewing in the summer? I, um, I In the ad, I have the options of either a nine-month or an 18-month. Yeah. So nine-month takes us to the end-ish of summer, um, which is great. I like August and September vacancies um, the best. Mm -hmm. uh, and then 18 months takes us to like next spring. So, yeah, kind of following spring. <laughs> yeah, it's nice to know that all of your leases are going to end in the spring. It sucks. Yeah, it sucks having nothing but 
Well, that we lucked out one year and had zero, uh, every single tenant renewed. Yeah. That was like the best year of my life. <laughs> mm. So easy. Uh, Ryan says, I'll have two vacancies to fill January 1st. Not Oof. happy about that. Wasn't planned that way. Ouch. Uh, how did it happen? Yeah, well, that's the same with this one. Like we didn't plan this one to end when it did, um, but our tenant needed to break her lease and... Um, and obliged to our terms that we put forth for breaking it. So um, <laughs> obliged to put forth. To our terms, put forth. <laughs> Here within. Who am I? I don't know. Anyways, it's hard to speak at six in the morning, okay? <laughs> <laughs> when I've only had a few hours of sleep. You do realize that, okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So that was our day. <laughs> oh, oh, and we went pending. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So uh, we went pending on our other flip. Um, while that was going on, we were negotiating back and forth. Um, Realtor was texting us and uh, went back and forth with a nice young couple. I say nice young couple because... You can I, only assume they were. <laughs> I can only assume... Just a good Christian couple. I don't know. Uh, no, because I, I, I stalked them on Facebook. <laughs> I saw their name on the contract and I get as much information as possible, you know, when I'm negotiating and trying to figure out what their motivations are. So, you know, when I see a name, I I look them up, see what they're like. You know, I, I try and paint the best picture of who they are and why they're doing it. And that helps me figure out a negotiations plan. And I do that all the time, too. Like even with tenants, you know, Um if you, you can get a good indication of who they are. And let's say, for example, okay, I'll give you an example. Um, I looked up these pictures and they were two young people, um, early 20s, um, no kids. Um, guy's profile picture is him and the boys at the Oilers game. Girl is just, you know, her. But like, you know, so when I'm thinking that way, I'm thinking, okay, this is, this is the, I, I, I know one thing I'll, right off the bat. This is their first house. Yeah. Right. Um, I know that the other realtor is, you know, not very sophisticated. And so I know who I'm playing with now. Had, had I looked up the picture and had been a 45 year old, um, guy and, you know, roughneck welder, <laughs> say for example, or trades guy, it's a different negotiation, right? And the, you know, the tactics that I use might not work. Yeah. So I just, I, I built my negotiation strategy off of that. I knew that, you know, they came earlier in the week to see it. They came back for a second time to view it yesterday. Mm -hmm. Right. So that just, you know, they liked it. They were thinking about it. Uh, yeah, we want to see it again. Yeah. You know what I mean? Young couple, they're, they're, they're anxious, but at the same time, they're extremely cautious. They don't know much about the whole process. There's condo fees. You just kind of get an idea of what they're thinking. And when they go back and see it, and then they wait about six hours, and then they finally write an offer, that means that they finally made a decision. Yeah. And they love it. The girl, bear with me, um, you know, just loves the kitchen and everything else. She's she's created an emotional attachment to the, you know, to the community. You know, it's it's a really, really, really nice, you know, um, home and as well the community is extremely nice so there's there's an emotional connection to that and they came in with an offer that was $15,000 under so like 
you know, they're probably thinking, let's get a deal. Let's get a deal. It's the middle of winter. Yeah. Realtor says, yeah, let's get a deal. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure it's been on the market for three weeks. I'm sure you can get a deal. I came back and my counter offer was like, no, I'm not, I'm not doing this. I'm not playing this. And then they came still, they came back you know, a little bit lower, still $10,000 under. And then we just came back and said, bam, that's our number. We're not going any lower than it. And they came back and they accepted it because I knew that the attachment was the emotional there. attachment. Yeah. An older roughneck, you know, guy would be like, oh, I'll fuck. walk away from Nope, no, nope, nope, they don't want to take my offer and nope, fuck that shit. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it wouldn't have worked. I, I can't, I can't, I can't stand my ground like that. I'd have to have to figure out something to work on, you know, timing, you know, what, what else can I get to benefit from this? How, you know, what other things can I, can I focus on other than the, the value, the price, but this family, you know, they made a decision in their mind, right? Young couple, this is their first home. They loved it. You know, they're not putting four offers out, you know, on four different houses, you know, these, they, they made their decision. So if you stand, I stood my ground and I knew that they wouldn't walk away from this over $5,000. Yeah. Right. And it wasn't like it was a, it was a specific number either because that was all they were approved for. You know what I mean? We're in and around the high 100s, like 180s, 190s, like, you know, they're not going to, maybe their, their budget may have been 200,000, right? Yeah. And if we were hovering around that 200,000, I could expect them to say, oh, no, 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 we're only approved for 200,000. We can't do 205. You know what I mean? That kind of thing. Yeah. So I just, it's just thinking, you know being very calculative and, and, and thinking really deep about it. And we were able to get the price we wanted. So it worked out great. Yeah. And they were also thinking about um, finishing the basement. So they were obviously trying to get a deal. Um, yeah. That as well. I'm, I'm expecting them to come back after the inspection to say something about the basement, wanting, wanting it finished or something along those lines. But again, like, you know, they made the decision. They agreed to our price. Now they're going to spend four or $500 on a home inspection. Yeah. And the, con- the condo docs are great. It's an amazing. There's nothing yeah. to, you know, to point at in well. the condo doc. Like I, I conf- I'm confident to know that, you know, if I came back and they said, we want $2,000 off for this, I could just say no. And then they're not going to walk away from it because they've already invested. They're, they're pot committed with the $500 home inspection. They're pot committed. Like, you know, one of them, one of them loves this place, if not both of them. Right. And so they wouldn't walk away for $2,000, over $2,000 when they've already invested 500. You know what I mean? That's the logic there. So, um, yeah, that's, that's, that's basically how that all went last night. So we got the final green lights that went pending at what, like 930, nine, yes. something like that. 945. So that's why, you know, <laughs> I was like, I was like, uh, Wayne, why is there sick, um, signing docs? in our email and you're like what i'm like they agreed to to the price and he's like what <laughs> he's like hold on and so he picks up his phone and sees that calvin had texted him that the yeah. offer was accepted see i'm smart i turned my email off yeah. <laughs> it's sunday night i'm not sleeping my email is off i'm not having any distractions surprising though i should have left my email on considering we were in yeah, the middle of a negotiation, of negotiation. <laughs> but uh you know between the tenant sending in applications and and, uh, you know, the pending offer and everything else, I can understand why you are brain dumping. Yeah. <clears throat> Not to mention the fact that we had a pretty chill weekend and, you know, this week's going to be pretty busy. Yeah. If you look in the calendar, obviously we're, you know, we're going to meet uh, the windows and doors people today. Mm-hmm. So we're going to drive into the city. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I think there's like 10 to 15 centimeters of snow in the forecast or something like that. Oh, Yeah. 
Oh, hey guys, put your winter tires on. <laughs> you booked that in. We majorly oofed this year. Why? You kept saying like a few weeks back that we need to get our tires on and we kept not doing anything about it. I had no idea there was snow, snow coming. <laughs> Which is like, it's late in the year for snow to just be hitting. Yeah. Anyways. You booked that? Hopefully you're not like us. Yeah. Our tires are going on Wednesday. Wednesday. Good yeah. to know. Um, what do you want to talk about today, Gab? Um, that we could talk about like routines, um, related to investing in real estate and having this, uh, you know, husband, wife team, how we've kind of worked that out and, and, um, you know what I'm getting at, like, uh, hiring the right, or, you know, doing the tasks that you're good at hiring out the rest or passing off, like Mm -hmm. getting, yeah. Talking about that flow. Cause it's changed a lot over the over the years where we started and where we're at now. And yeah, it it grows, it develops. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I think about it a lot because we talk about reflection a lot, <clears throat> reflecting on, you know, where, where we were, what beliefs we had before, you know, how we develop new routines and, and new beliefs. And, and then you go back and you laugh on the old ones. You're like, remember when we used to like, think this Mm -hmm. right um so our routines have developed quite a bit um but we we always did it incrementally and progressively yeah and this is a topic that people ask all the time how do you guys manage this or what routines do you like our routines are our routines and that's just based off of you know our commitments and our responsibilities and they're going to be different for everyone yeah um and even if our routine complemented yours really well, I don't recommend just jumping right into it. You know? Yeah. For example, uh, we get up at five o'clock in the morning. Are you going to get up at five o'clock in the morning? You're going to say you're going to do it. (laughs) You're going to be all motivated because, oh yeah, they do that. I can do that too. And you're going to be good for about two or three days. And then you're not going to do it anymore. Right? Because you need to slowly... Yeah progress into that <clears throat> it's just like you know the the coffee example i gave a few weeks back i didn't just cut out honey overnight i didn't just cut out i didn't go from sugar to honey overnight you know what i mean just progressively it used to be two big t- tablespoons tablespoons of sugar uh and cream uh don't knock it that's literally what everyone is drinking in their double double yeah that's it's the disgusting. most common coffee in that's canada disgusting that's literally what everyone drinks is a shit ton of cream and two tablespoons of sugar. Yeah, I've seen the sugar pour out of those sugar machines. It's crazy. <laughs> they don't use tablespoons. They use it was like big sugar. Sugar, like sugar drop. Sugar, <laughs> sugar droppers. <bomb. laughs> yeah. Don't. So you're talking about like a large percentage of. Yeah. Sorry if I'm offending you, but that's disgusting. Well, yeah. So then. You know, you think one day, I'm going to try just a regular one-on-one. One-on-one, please. And you try and you're like, oh, it's disgusting. Yeah. And you don't do it. And then you maybe you do it for five days and then you're having a bad day and you're like, Susan, give me the double-double. <laughs> <laughs> I need it today. It's been a rough. I didn't sleep last night. It was Sunday. I got to get that extra <laughs> sugar in me. Uh, I just need it, you know. <laughs> and then you try it and then you really like it. And then now that's your little treat. Legit. This is This is my thought process when I was first, you know what I mean? I wanted to. 
I wanted to change up my coffee and like it would I do the the one and ones and then every now and then we're like okay hey you know what we're going out to the dog park let's grab a donut and grab a double double why not you know what I mean that's that's my new treat and then so you go from one and ones and then you switch over to a darker coffee and then you start it was one day that we switched over to honey and I was using a shit ton of honey but honey's um the same as sugar but it's just a little bit healthier from what I understand <laughs> Um, and it, and it tastes like shit at first, but then you get used to it and you get, you know what I mean? So this is how you gradually, you know, get a better routine. Yeah. <laughs> Ever hear of the Gretzky's nine and nine? Oh, what? The, want some coffee with that? Nine and nine. <laughs> That's fucked. Have you ever gone back and had a double double? Uh, no, I've never had a double double. Never had a double double? No. <laughs> It's it's sweeter than like I I have that and it's like sweeter than hot chocolate, like yeah. it's it's a dessert drink. It's fucked. It's disgusting. It, just because again you reflect back on like you know remember when mm. it's it's so hard to imagine that now, right? Yeah. Now I'm my coffee's got a splash of oat milk creamer. Is that what it is? Yes. Is that what I'm drinking now? Yes. Oat milk creamer. Yes. <laughs> What the fuck is that shit? It's not. It's not it's that delicious. bad. Yeah, it is delicious. Um, but it, it was. It was a. It was an acquired taste. It took a very <laughs> long time to get to that. Um, just like routines, you know, it takes time. I was gonna say, I like how you're using like coffee. <laughs> it's the best analogy. It's the best. Yeah. Because it's very relatable. Because this is literally the first thing that people have every morning. This is Susan. <laughs> same, same, Wayne. Double, double. <laughs> Yep. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's what you need every morning. That's, that's your comfort. Yeah. Am, am I making sense here? Yeah. Oh yeah. So your routines, you can't just jump from a double double into a, a dark roast, you know, with oat creamer. <laughs> oat milk. Oat, oat, what is it? Oat milk creamer. O oat milk creamer. <laughs> <clears throat> Fuck. Still, I, I feel like an idiot saying it. I feel like a douchebag. <laughs> On a side note. If you've never tried an oat latte at Starbucks, they're so good. Like way better than Call a in now latte. for your chance to win an oat latte. <laughs> oat milk latte? What is it? Oat latte. Mm. So good. So routines, they're developed over time. So don't just think you can jump into it. And motivation helps, right? You know, you, you listen to some motivational, <clears throat> you listen to some motivational, you know, video or, or you know, podcast or whatever you're listening to these days or read some motivational quote and you're saying, Oh yeah, I can do that too. And I'm going to, I'm going to, David Goggins gets up at three o'clock and runs 27 miles. I'm I can do that too. He used to be fat and look at him now. I could be that too. Yeah. It works. Motivation works for, for a period of time, but it's just motivation. It, it wears off inspiration and a purpose or what, you know, keep you going. Yeah. That or usually the hitting rock bottom. That's what is makes it sustainable the how when you've been diagnosed with something and you're like shit that's when you're gonna like actually stick to something <laughs> the how is easy the why is hard yeah think about that like the how is easy you know how yeah it's simple you have a watch it beeps you tell it to wake you up at three o'clock simple the how is easy you know how to run you've been running your whole fucking life you know how to run so let it beep Wake you up at three o'clock and go for a run. It's very, the how is simple. The why needs to be important. Yeah. 
some stupid David Goggins motivational, you know, video. Yeah, it might get you up one day, two days, three days, but the why is the hard part. You need something that's actually going to, that's, that means something to you so much that you're willing to do that every day and put yourself in, in an uncomfortable situation every morning. If you do that for long enough, it will become a habit and, and eventually develop into a routine. It normally takes about what, seven to 14 days? 21 days. 21 days? To form a habit? Yeah, 14 for me. <laughs> different for me. I'm a different breed, Gab. <laughs> I'm superior. I'm a different breed. About 21 days. <clears throat> Same thing with switching sugar to honey. Right? Mm-hmm. Swap out your sugar for honey. Takes about 21 days to get used to. And then suddenly you can't fucking drink the white magic anymore. <laughs> we call it white magic. Whenever my dad comes into town, he's like, well, you got sugar? And I call, I call it the white magic. Yep. White magic's in the in the pantry for you. <laughs> um, it takes about 21 days. Anything. You start working out yeah. every morning. It sucks. It sucks. It sucks. It sucks. You do it for 21 days, you're hooked. It's a new routine. Yeah. Right? You think about things that way. Just just do one thing at a time. Don't don't overwhelm yourself. Otherwise, it, you, like you're not strong enough. I'm sorry. <laughs> we are not strong enough. Yeah. We're not are like we prefer comfort. Yeah. Just do one thing at a time. Add it into your routine. Don't make sure it doesn't fuck everything else up. Right. If it's too much and it throws your routine out of whack, your body's not comfortable. And then eventually you're going to have those, you know, double, double Susan mornings where, you know, it's like, Oh, no, not today. I need to go back to my old routine. I uh, no, I had a rough night last night. Can't do it today. Susan, double, double. Boy, oh boy, I need that sugar. I need that white magic. I'm a super strong believer in a proper morning routine and how that sets up your entire day. Like in all the times that I've like fallen off track or or just like started down a, a bad path of like, I don't know, not a comp- not getting stuff accomplished, like just having really hard days and that type of stuff. It's usually when I've fallen off of a morning routine. Mm-hmm. And when I've gotten back on track of a morning routine, it's like everything changes. Everything falls into place. And that goes back to like the times when, well, when I hired a trainer and started going to the gym for 6 a.m. workouts, that was like really a big turning point in mm-hmm. figuring out that like, wow, this really sets up my entire day. And so I stopped doing that. But like now just recently about, I don't know, how long has it been? A month that I started getting back on track with wake. Well, now it has to be even earlier because of this morning show. So getting up at 4.30 in the morning, like really just put everything back into place for me. Because since I've, I've mentioned this a few times, but since we moved in May, and then Everly finished out um, the school year at homeschooling because we took her out of the school that she was at mm-hmm. due to the move. Um, and then right into summer of no school and nothing going on. Like I I downward spiraled and was like, I wouldn't say I was like depressed, but like I was just like out of routine, out of like just, yeah, not not feeling anything. <laughs> and getting back into a morning routine changed everything once again it's like i don't know i think it just sets up the entire day and the reason why you went in a downward spiral spiral from what i can understand there 
was because you you shook up your routine. You had a really great routine. Mm-hmm. You shook it up when you moved. Yeah. And it's not like you can just bounce right back. No. You, you can't just bounce right back. It's like a whole process to start over. And this is a new place, new everything. You know, we started getting more active into flips. Yeah. Right? And now suddenly like it's we have the routine the how is there the template's there we have the recipe on how to do it we know what to eat every morning we know when to make it we literally had it down to you know i would look up at the clock and i know what time it is and gabby's making my lunch it was like i knew that certainty i can just keep working the food's gonna be right there beside me i can keep doing everything i'm doing the routine works i was working out every day we had it was perfect as soon as we moved and we shook it up a little bit Suddenly, it's 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 going to take another twenty one days to get back into it. Mm-hmm. Ironically, I say the word twenty one days because Ga- Gabby last night, she said, "Hey, do you want to do a twenty one day f- fix, fix. Or, <laughs> fix or whatever the beach body thing?" Uh, no. <laughs> she goes, "Why not?" I'm like, "Because I need to make that decision myself." I'm, I I could say yes, but I'm not going to do it. Like I I haven't I haven't there hasn't there's not a strong strong enough why yet. I'm I'm so stubborn when it comes to that. It took me a long time to start working out. And, um, it, you know, just like you said, had to hire a trainer, had to have it, you know, we were doing it every three days. I said, Nope, I'm doing this. I'm doing this five days a week. I asked for seven. She said, I can't do that. I can only do five. Like fine, fine. I'll do. But, um, you know, once I stopped now, it's impossible for me to get back into it. It's not impossible. I know what to do, but it's very, very, very difficult. And, you know, it's very simple. Gabby said, let's start tomorrow morning. No, I don't want to. I, I like this routine right now. I like it. Even though it's early, I get up, you know, I come downstairs, I plot out what, you know, what the, you know, the day I get the podcast all set up. I have a great chat, gets me all wired. And this, mm-hmm. I love doing this, by the way, it gets, yeah. gets me thinking and, and flowing creatively. And then afterwards I open up my emails. I start responding to emails. I say goodbye to the kid, go shower. Like I like this routine. Why the, f- where, why, where and why the fuck would I throw in? Where? 430. That's exactly <laughs> it. So you want me to get up even earlier, more discomfort. Like yeah. I like the routine that I have right now. I don't like how I feel. Mm-hmm. I don't like that my my hips are tightening up and my back's getting sore when I'm playing hockey. I don't like that my quads are all tight because I'm sitting in my computer chair all day. I don't like that. But it's I haven't I haven't had a, a back um, flare up yet. That's probably why. Yeah. I, I like actually now that I'm talking about, it, I'm consciously looking at how I'm how I'm sitting right now and I feel disgusted with myself. I, <laughs> Um, legs are crossed. I'm like, got this weird arch in my back. Um, but I haven't had a back issue yet. That's, that's it. I, I, if my back went out, I'd know exactly why, because this is tight and this is tight and this is cocking this thing over here and it's tightened over there. And now I need to go spend, you know, a couple thousand dollars at physiotherapy and massages and stuff to get it back in order. And then I, what's the solution? Stretch Wayne, work out every day. Stop sitting in your chair. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. I need like it's it's routine. It comes down to routine, right? Yeah, that's it. I try. You say no. Appreciates it. it just doesn't <laughs> work. I. You know what happened? Um, something needs to happen. Something needs. Someone needs to say something. So, something needs to not fit. Something needs to. You know what I mean? Yeah. To the point where like the why is strong enough in order to go and make that decision. I just haven't had it yet. I haven't had the back issue. I haven't had. You know what I mean? Yeah. Comments or anything like that. But you know. Working out and coffee are the greatest examples because it's something that people really, really are very passionate about. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, no, food, I don't. No, no. Food's a really hard thing to change too. Food and working out. Yeah. Isn't that the worst? Yeah. 
food and working out are the hardest to change. And yet they're like directly. Like the uh, best thing you can do for yourself. <laughs> they're directly connected to your health and your longevity. Yeah. Working your ass. It, it's, it's easy to work your ass off and do phone calls you don't want to do. And you know what I mean? And, uh, you know, build real estate portfolios. Yeah, we do hard things all the time. <laughs> um, but <laughs> it's going to suck when you can't enjoy them. Exactly. You, uh, you're a fan of the book, The 4-Hour Workweek, eh? Big fan. I actually got to reread it again soon. You reference it a lot. I have yet to read it. I'm not really a big reader of like self-help, mo- not self-help, um, motivational. I don't know. Like what would you call that? You should really read it. <laughs> yeah. I just have a hard time reading those kinds of books. Um, but yeah, you reference it a lot. Um, I think that ties into like, I mean, we've talked about like morning routine, like, Mm -hmm. you know, cutting shit out, but let's get into kind of like actual work routines. It's been, it's been about two years, maybe three years since I've read it, but I always really liked it because, um, the whole point of the the four hour work week was about, um, well, you know, when you read the title, it's easy to assume it's going to be like only work four hours, you know, a week and, 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 and and focus on yourself and personal growth and everything else and the other. No, it's not like it's what it is. It's all about delegation, right? It's all about hiring things out as opposed to doing them yourself. Um, it was written. Alice's do the audible version. The narrator's awesome. Yeah. The narrator is. Um... Oh, I just went blank. <laughs> Tim Ferriss. Fuck. That was close. <laughs> the author, <laughs> Tim Ferriss. Thank you. I just went completely. Just went completely bang. Tim Tim Ferriss, yeah, Tim Ferriss, the author, reads it, and um, you can just tell he's passionate about it. He has a he has a podcast. It's not as good as mine. Um, <laughs> got a few listeners. Not a big deal. Um, <laughs> uh, a very popular podcast. Uh, Tim Ferriss, I think it's Tim Ferriss Show or something like that. But anyways, um, talks about delegation, and it was written ten or fifteen years ago or something along those lines. But it's still completely relevant. It was. Um, early, early, um, you know, drop shipping, private label, Amazon kind of stuff. Um, he, he developed, um, a vitamin supplement product or something like that. So he, um, sourcing vitamins out of, uh, China and sorry, I just, I, it's it's completely just China. I just, I don't say China. I don't say China normally anymore. China. It's, it's a Trump thing. It's a Trump thing. Um, sorry. As I said it, I just realized I said it that way. But anyways, he sources them out of China and, uh, and, and private labels them. So he puts his own label on it and sells them. So that's what a lot of people do. Um, uh, that most of your vitamins that you buy are just, you know, the same vitamins. It's just, you know, they, they, they slap on their sticker and it's, 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 it's Wayne's, you know, uh, vitamin C or something like that, or Wayne's uh, workout supplement. Um, so he developed a business like that, but basically he just, he shared all of the ways that he, he made that business completely automated. Right. So, you know, he sourced out the products. He has someone who sees them, you know, make sure they come in, you know, in the ports, makes them, gets them shipped out to the warehouses. You know what I mean? He hired a team and a VA to, mostly VAs, like virtual assistants to handle, you know, um, customer support, those kind of things. Um, 
it's it helps you it, it shows you basically how to become an entrepreneur the book um because if if you're the one that's sourcing the products negotiating you're the one who's um making sure the shipments are coming in and they're not damaged you're the one receiving them you're the one putting the stickers on them you're the one packing them up you're the one doing the shipping out you're the one developing the shopify website you're the one that's doing customer service and everything else you didn't you're not an entrepreneur you're not a, like no, you just you just created a new job. Okay, so I can see how that would be super relevant to that type of business. Like, of mm -hmm. course, you're going to outsource all of that stuff. Um, to me, that's just like common sense. I mean, like you're not at the shipping dock, um, <laughs> you know, like receiving the stuff coming in. So that makes sense to me that you would outsource all of that. So how does that relate to other things like real estate? The The best example I can give is when... When people think I'm going to buy um, an investment property and the first questions that they're asking are is, you know, how do I find tenants and where do I get a lease? You're asking the wrong fucking questions. You don't become a real estate investor to become a landlord. Two completely different things. Property management is something that you outsource. Now, if you choose to be a landlord, I mean, most people do. Um, two reasons. One, uh, they have trouble delegating um, and trusting people. And two, you want to learn how to do it yourself first before you hire someone, which is, yeah. this is a completely separate topic. But an investor is not a landlord. Right. It, that's just so probably just some story that you heard and that's some story that you believe in your head. Com two completely different things. An investor focuses on finding deals and putting people together, joint venture partners, money, financing, and then they build a team around them to handle all the day-to-day. -day. So you're going you're gonna to hire a property manager, right? You're going to hire a bookkeeper. You're going to have an accountant. You're going to have a, an investor-focused mortgage broker. You're going to have an investor-focused realtor, right? An investor doesn't find the deals. The realtor, the investor-focused realtor sends the deals. The investor looks at it very quickly and see, says, does, it, does it meet my criteria? Yes. Okay, cool. Yes. Sign. Done and then passes it off to someone else. That's a real estate investor. That's what your day should be like. So if you're like killing it and doing things right, you're basically um, like making connections to find, you know, like people's money to use. Yeah. And waiting for offers to come across your desk to sign. That's it. <laughs> An investor is resourceful. You need to be resourceful. Literally every program or community tells you to build a power team around you. Yeah. It's not just a cool thing that people say. Like seriously, you need to build a power team around you so that when opportunities come, you can pounce on them immediately. You don't overanalyze. You don't look into it. You don't go look at the property. You tie it up and then you send someone out there to go look at the property. Mm -hmm. You only go down there if you need to. Mm-hmm. Right? Oh, I don't know. I'm still thinking about. I'm. I'm a little worried about this. That should never be the words in your mouth, especially if you've been doing this a while. Should never be the words in your mouth. It should be automated. Yeah. Automate everything. You should know exactly what it is that you're looking for, and there should be a reason why you're looking for that. Yeah. And when you know exactly what it is that you want and why you want it, then send the right people out to go deal with it. Because you are much more useful and effective signing that document and then moving on to the next opportunity. Yeah. That's what you're good at. Everyone on your team 
they're good at one little thing. They are not the type, they are not good at analyzing properties quickly, saying yes and moving on. That's you. That's your job. If you're getting into investments to become a landlord, that's totally cool too. That's you. But if you're wondering why you're not scaling and why you're so, you can't make a decision and you're stuck, that's why. So you need to be focused on hiring the right people on your team, people you can trust, know what they're doing. That can bring you the right kind of stuff. Analyze it. And you need to know what you want and why you want it. Mm -hmm. You got to make decisions fast, fast, fast. Because opportunities, they come and they go in a second. Yeah. I'm literally thinking this weekend, I was helping a lot of people that had a lot of opportunities. There was a lot of opportunities that I was dealing with over this weekend. And I watched a lot of people make fast decisions. And I saw a lot of people think about it. And they lost that opportunity. Some of them might be listening right now. Yeah. I was watching. I was helping people. They were still stuck on the how, and I was there to help them with the how. Yeah. But they should have known the how ahead of time. If you know the how ahead of time and why, then it's easy. Quick decision, call the right people. Done. Yeah. You know what else I think is, like, I always think back to the realtor and how so many people don't hire the right realtor, like somebody who's super investor focused, who really knows the market, who's an expert in analyzing the deals, what neighborhoods give you what. Mm -hmm. And I think back to like, um, well, just say like our cabin retreat when Calvin came out and like blew the socks off of everyone because he's talking about the, what, what the different neighborhoods will give you. Like this neighborhood will give you really good cash flow because the prices are lower, but you're not going to get this type of tenant. You're going to get this type of tenant. And he literally went through the city analyzing the different, it's like, so what's most important to you? Is it cash flow? Is it the tenant profile? Is it all these things? Mm -hmm. And it's just like, not like such a small percentage of realtors know the kind of stuff that like Calvin went through. And so you see these people hiring these realtors where they're like, oh, yeah, have you heard of this person? It's like, who? Because like, sure, they own investment properties. Sure, they call themselves investment realtors. But what do they know? What information are they giving you? And so to have some to to see the flip side of that and see somebody come in and blow your socks off, like the people on your team should blow your socks off. Mm -hmm. I think back to like the accountant that we hired. We had an accountant. They were great. They did whatever, you know, we needed from them. We went and we met with another accountant who blew our socks off. We hired him immediately. It's not an easy thing to do. It's not an easy thing to do for me. And yeah, yeah, blew my socks off. So like literally everybody on your team, if you've met with people, if you've met with a bookkeeper or a few bookkeepers, have any of them blown your socks off? If they haven't, then you should still be looking. Mm-hmm. Like every single person on your team should be like a holy shit. This person's amazing. They know what the hell they're doing. They, they need to be on my team. Yeah. That should be every single person. They should blow your motherfucking socks off. And they should treat you like the best client. Yes. Their favorite client. Yes. And then you should treat them the same way. Yes. It makes things so much easier. I'm telling you because that, that you won't, especially when you've got a lot of moving pieces going on. You got a large chessboard. You got this big play going on. You got to make sure that everyone is in the right spot and doing the right things. Ambrose, I don't know if you're watching. Ambrose is going to make some comment about how he kicked my ass in chess. <laughs> <laughs> 
but you need to make sure that everybody is in the right position because one person's at a position that'll fuck you up. And then suddenly, you know, you get a phone call, this didn't work out or this fell through and you got to look back and trigger, try and figure out, okay, who's not doing what they're supposed to do. You don't need that. What you need to do is just set up a team that is like that you can rely on that you can hold, you know, that are accountable. So that when you move on, you know that everything else is falling in line behind you. <laughs> we want a team such that we just can't be wearing socks <laughs> on a beach. <laughs> I like that. Okay. That's good. That's good. Socks are off. <laughs> it's yeah. Yeah. And that just makes literally your job so much easier. Like, you shouldn't be say you know you're looking for a deal and you have like a realtor bringing you deals or whatever like you shouldn't have to be trying to analyze like how much cash flow it's going to give you like your realtor should be able to tell you that if if you see a house that you like like if you're i'm talking about maybe if you're out of town like of course you know for us in our city in Edmonton, like we know, we know how much cash flow we're going to get. We know how much the rent is. We know how much, you know, like it's really easy for us to analyze. But if you're like out of town and you're trying to pick a neighborhood and you're trying to pick the right house, like your realtor should be telling you like, this is what you'll get in this neighborhood. This is the kind of tenant you're going to get. This is like, you shouldn't be spending your tr time trying to figure that stuff out. Mm -hmm. And I see it all the time. You go on like <clears throat> Facebook and people are asking questions in the groups about like, what does everybody think of this neighborhood? I'm, you know, I live in BC or I live in Ontario or I live on the East coast and, yeah. and you know, I'm, I'm looking at this property that this random realtor sent me who nobody knows their name. <laughs> it's like, what do you think? Do you think it's going to cash flow? It's like, you shouldn't be, this sh it isn't how you should be spending your time. Like somebody should have told you this already. Yeah. Find somebody to blow your socks off folks. You shouldn't be the one that has to go and check in on your team. You yeah. shouldn't be the one that has to go check in on your, your contractor. We don't check in because we trust them. Yes. The only time I check in is to go take pictures and post it on social media. Yeah. The, yeah. The only time I even message is to make sure that he has everything he needs that I didn't forget anything because I, I've been picking up most of the supplies just to keep costs down and stuff. Yeah. yeah so it's like, do wh where are you at? Do you need anything? <laughs> Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I hear a lot of people that, well, yeah, I have to I have a whiteboard up at my renovation just to make sure. And then I go and check in on everyone, you know, once a day or, you know, once a week just to make sure everyone's doing what they're supposed to do. If you're worried about what they're what they're doing, and what they're not doing, then hire somebody else. Yeah. And that's great if you're just if you've hired somebody new and, you know, you're trying to get to know and make sure that they're good. But if you've established that they're your people, then, yeah, that shouldn't even be necessary. That that is the definition of a four hour work week. Yeah. And and that's essentially, you know, that's you asked how it relates to real estate. So that you don't have to really you just have to check in with the right people, whether it be a supervisor, manager, whichever, right? And you just check in from you know, once a week or whichever on a phone call and just make sure that everything is still in line, it's all good. And then the rest is just about making decisions. Mm -hmm. That's that entrepreneurs they just they come up with cool ideas. They make decisions and then other people implement it for them. Mm -hmm. That's, that's the life. Yeah. I'm telling you, that is the life dealing with finding tenants. Now we do this because as I mentioned earlier, some people struggle with delegating. <laughs> um, we have an assistant that handles emails 
just like the day-to-day stuff because we don't like getting bogged down with noise complaints and and you know uh, simple fixes and stuff like that because someone can handle that someone can just you know someone can just respond to an email and say or just you know call this this person over here and just send them out to fix it that stuff's easy um we deal with the the big problems that 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 require a little more thinking and creativity and gabby manages that but um I mean, trust me, I would love to not have to do that. I would love if, it. I would love it if Gabby wasn't involved in it at all. However, you know, we've, we've passed it off a few times and it's just, it was very difficult for us yeah. and things weren't being done the way that we wanted it to be done. So we're still, we're working towards that actually. You know what? I think that if we had like all of our properties in Leduc, that I would 100% hand off property management <laughs> Tara is going to be getting some, tons of phone calls because it's just a different I think that's where I I struggle the most is that just like Edmonton is a fantastic place to invest yeah. like you know like with the market and all that kind of stuff but you really need to be careful picking your tenants and in Leduc it's just a whole different ballgame <laughs> So I really feel like property management would finally be something I could hand off if I just knew that like we were in all of our properties were just going to have amazing tenants in them. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I don't want to get too far in another topic. Maybe we'll talk about it tomorrow. But uh, um, yeah, I get criticized a little bit for, you know, um, well, why are you selling all your properties? Well, we're selling some of them. Some of the ones that we own um, personally, um, we're selling off, whether it be traditionally or through like an agreement for sale or something. But um, we're trying to reduce the amount of tenants that we have. And we're just, you know, it's, it, we're trying to stay focused on the ones that are performing the best. And we're trying to buy back some of our time a bit. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm not going to sell properties that I have joint ventures with because I made a commitment to them for 10 years, just like they made a commitment to me for 10 years. So I'm not going to do that. But Dogs barking. Um, but the reason why we're doing that is because, yeah, we want to buy some of our time back. We don't need that many properties. Um, lost my train of thought. You're going to have to pick this up. I, this dog barking is driving me bonkers. Do you want me to go stop him? One second. Yeah. So that people, they bug me a lot about, you know, well, well you're not buying properties. You're, you know, you're, you're, uh, you're selling them off. Well, it, my my point that I want to get into, I don't have enough time to really get through, is that real estate investing, in my opinion, is a really great way to build wealth. But I don't want to be doing that my whole life. Mm-hmm. I don't. I I don't like tenants. Yeah. I don't. I would rather build a real estate business than build a real estate portfolio. Yeah. And and feel free to come in and argue or. Uh, send us an email and your thoughts on that. Or, um, but to be honest, long term, now that I've been in it, I understand what other investors, you know, successful investors, why, you know, they they buy lots of properties and they sell them off because the the tenants are the probably the worst part about real estate investing. Yeah. Um, the real estate investing business, um, they're the ones that will determine whether it's not the market. They'll they're the ones that will determine whether you're successful or not or how much profit you get. And it's, it's very difficult to screen tenants and get the best tenants in every single time. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, we, we built wealth through real estate. And now we're slowly 
selling some of it off and taking some of that wealth and reinvesting it into other types of businesses. Um, and I think, I think that um, here's my opinion. And again, I might be criticized for this, but I think that real estate investing is a really good stepping stone to build wealth and then to invest it into something else. Because I'm telling, I'm telling you 99% of the people that are listening to this podcast right now don't have money mm-hmm. and they want to become a real estate investor mm-hmm. because they see other people doing it and they're building wealth that way. That's great. It's a great way to build wealth. And I, what I think you should do is you should take the, some of that wealth, leave some of it in real estate. If you believe in that investment. But take that wealth and build a business. Yeah. Because a business is much easier to control. Now, real estate investing is a business. Your portfolio is a business. But I don't like that business model. I don't like the business model of renting out to people who don't take care of it historically. And I would much rather build a business where I'm in sales, right? Or maybe like a rent-to-own business, right? Where people are going to take a little more care of it. I just, I, I don't, I don't really like the real estate investing business model. It's, but I'm willing to sacrifice 10 years, 15 years of my life into building it up so that I can build that wealth and invest it into something else. But like I said, 99% of the people here, they don't have money because if, if they, if, if people had money and they were listening to this podcast, I tell them to build another business. Interesting. Wayne with the curveballs. I, I'm all about mitigating my risks as much as possible. The tenant category is a huge risk. Yeah. It's a huge risk. We have one tenant right now for an example, as an example, great tenant, extremely fucking messy, but not messy enough to evict her. Yeah. And then she sends us an email saying that her, her sister is 22 years old. She's got a brand new puppy wants to move in. And I'm thinking to myself, there's no room in that house for her sister because the one room is completely filled with shit. Like, so where is this storage going to go? And it's in a main floor suite. So her sister's going to be moving in. She has no job. She has no, we, I have to let her in because she has no other family and she's in a really bad spot. So now we're inheriting another person's problems and a brand new puppy, which they won't tell us what kind of puppy it is. So I'm in a position right now. They're like, do I accept it and keep this really great tenant who's already kind of a risk anyways? Or do I say no and then ruin the relationship with that tenant who just told me that it's her sister and she has nowhere else to go and no other family? Like, I don't want to be dealing with shit like this. Yeah. It's actually funny because normally Wayne and I, normally I'm empathetic and Wayne's like, nope, this is a business. But we took opposite sides this time around. I was like, I was like, nope, I'm not taking a three month old puppy and a person who's not working. And Wayne's like, oh, well, I already sent an email saying that, um, send us, you know, her, her phone number so that we can talk to her and yada, yada. I was like, okay. <laughs> Sales is a much better business mm-hmm. than than this service. I'm telling you, and and the whole real estate investing business model relies on providing this service, and I don't like it. I don't because I can't control it. I would much rather provide a service or you know a, a product that didn't involve you know this much risk. It's a risky business. I'm not trying to scare people off, but just building a. I mean, if you build a really good team from the beginning and mitigate your risk as much as possible and just focus on the deals, build it up to a point. I, I strongly recommend build it up to a point where you can just liquidate it. Keep some of your investments because real estate's a great investment in general, like as, as an asset um, appreciating asset, as opposed to some, some business or stock or something like that, that you're not in control of. 
and then invest the rest of your money into a business that you create. Because I, I, I believe in investing in businesses, just not someone else's business. Mm-hmm. Invest in your own dreams, your own ideas, yeah. something that you can control. That's my thoughts for the day. We can talk about that another time. Yeah. All right. Did I go too far? No. Yeah, that's my thoughts. <laughs> um, we got a special guest coming in on Friday. Yeah. Wilson oh. and Jess. I, I don't know how to pronounce their last names. Pabin or Pabon? Pab. Oh, God, I got to I shouldn't have said it. <laughs> we'll figure that out and we'll let you know. But they're going to be coming in on. We got a special guest coming in on Friday. That's going to be pretty awesome. And uh, and feel free to, uh, you know, guys, this is a live show. Feel free to call in with your questions. We have no problem answering. It's free coaching. You can literally ask any question you want. Otherwise, I would say, um, what the hell are you doing? And why aren't you buying properties right now? <laughs> if you're not calling in asking questions, if you're just looking for a hip hip hooray, um, uh, I'm going to criticize you. I'm going to call you out because, you know, if you have all the information that you need, I think it's I think it's time you go take some action. I think it's time you go buy a property. I think it's good time you work on your team. Anyways. Josh says great show inside Wayne's mind today. It's a scary place to be, you guys. <laughs> I'm just joking. <laughs> All right. Have a good Monday. <laughs> See you guys tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the Real Estate Investing Morning Show. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Interested in being a guest on the show? Send us an email to info at reimorningshow.com.